everyone, welcome to Humans. I'm Luke McCredden and this is episode 25. Now before I get into the details of this particular episode, I just wanted to say I would love you to jump on board Instagram, humans underscore podcast. You can follow us there and see what we're up to. Um, And the other thing is to check out the newest series under the Humans umbrella, which is Humans in 30-ish, which is a, a new concept where myself, my good friend Matt Peake, get together and we bring two topics to the table each. We don't tell each other what the topics are. Then we break them down and tear them apart and try and make some sense of them. And it's been a lot of fun. And hopefully you guys have heard some of that. If not, it's all available here. Subscribe, check out all the latest episodes and have a bit of fun with us. But back to this episode, this is number 25 of Humans and this features the incredible Nick McCready's. Nick is a graphic designer, pastry chef, and creator of the Scran line. The Scran line, the brand he created, is all about baking, creating. You can find it on all the social platforms, Facebook and Instagram, and YouTube, where he uploads the most amazing videos of himself creating, baking, instructing these amazing cakes and cupcakes and pastries and it's just incredible to watch and he does such an amazing job he's got a huge following right around the world and and you'll hear here how he gets into it and how he still manages to keep up all that doing it solely by himself which is an incredible feat in its own right so anyway i hope you enjoy this this is episode 25 with nick mccready's Thanks for taking the time to come and do this, Nick. It's um, it's great to see you, and it, it feels yeah. weird because realistically, you're you're a sh- fairly short drive from where I am, but it's still outside oh, the twenty five right. kilometer zone, Nick. Oh, so, are we? Are yeah. you actually? Are you twenty five kilometers away from where I am? Oh, further, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, right, 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 okay, right. So okay, we, well, you know, yeah. it sucks. This but... is a sensible way to do this. <laughs> it is. So thank you. How have you been anyway? How's things with you in this whole pandemic and, uh, you know, what's life like? Um, well, life hasn't really changed for people like me because I already work from home. So um, there's, yeah, there, there's not that much change happening for me. <laughs> I'm just still walking around the house uh, filming food videos and, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Still going to Safeway. Safeway is within five kilometres or now 25. So, yeah. <laughs> So now That's there's multiple supermarket options. Have you found the um, and we'll get into exactly what it is you do, but just when you, we're talking about this sort of time at the moment or the last six months or so, have you found that you're getting more engagement or less engagement through this? Oh yes, I am. Yeah, I. It's so funny because when this first started, I was like, oh, a lot of people are going to be home. Like we need to not so much take advantage of people also being at home, um, but maybe like cater to people being at home. And it was, it was funny because in the beginning, having a conversation with a lot of people in the food world, like food creators, some people were like a little bit scared of being looked at as um, kind of taking advantage of a bad situation, except that Mm. 
I feel like not just food creators, but a lot of different creators are not necessarily taking advantage of this pandemic, but more like servicing the community and giving them content to Mm. watch while they're at home. So it actually has gone up. Like a lot of people are watching, a lot of people are subscribing, Um, whether that goes away eventually once we all go back to normal, I don't know, maybe, but yeah, yeah, people, people want to watch content, which is great. I'm a, I'm a YouTube fan. I I love, I've got, um, a a whole raft of different sort of genres, but I I really enjoy YouTube as a, as a platform, um, as a consumer and I've found myself, yeah, watching it a lot more and subscribing to channels and, and really, following some channels that I'd normally otherwise might just, you know, check out from here, here or there. But yeah. yeah, so I think from my point of view, um, I was just interested to hear um, on the other end if you'd noticed the, up, you know, an uptake or a downturn or, or whatever it was um, as a creator. Definitely gone up. Yeah, definitely gone up. Um, I think, yeah, it's funny that you say that because I feel like we've, it's kind of weird because this is not a great situation we're in, mm. but like it's, it's had like some really bad effects but it's also had you know it's given people the opportunity to like have some space and breathe in their lives so like you know what i have time to watch an old man build a chicken shed on youtube like (laughs) you know i have time to watch nick make cakes on youtube now you know so people are taking a little bit of time to just kind of enjoy you know watching stuff yeah you know maybe they've had on their list of things to watch for a while or discovering like this morning I discovered um, Japanese game shows, which was a fun <laughs> rabbit hole to go down. Um, yeah. So wow. now we're trying to figure out if certain items like hats and shoes were edible or not. Wow. And some things were edible and some things were not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, the pandemic has given people time to watch that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, that Japanese game show world is a, it, that's a, that's a podcast episode in itself to talk about that stuff. Uh. It is. Yeah. That's the definition of YouTube rabbit hole. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, but on the back end of things, like views have gone up, engagement has gone up, um, earning has gone up, not dramatically, but, Everything has gone up because it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, know, good. Based on what's happening. Well, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I don't want to sit here and talk about Japanese game shows as much as I, you know, as we'd probably <laughs> like to. Maybe we can do that off air. But I want to talk about you, yeah. Nick, because um, I want to talk about the Scran line. And I want to start by asking you to explain what it is and what it means and then what the channel yeah. and what you are all about. <laughs> sure. So um, I so about like six or seven years ago, I – made the decision to go into the Navy as a cook. And I lasted about seven months, uh, sorry, seven weeks in recruit school before I realized it wasn't really suited to me. Right. But while I was there, um, I kind of discovered they have their own language for certain words. Like the the place where you eat is called the mess hall and the, which is ridiculous because the Navy is like obsessed with cleanliness. <laughs> um, but, and then like the word that they use for food is called scran. So we would literally line up in the scran line to, right. you know, and the food wasn't actually that bad. I know that people rip on Navy food, but it was actually quite nice. 
Um, well, scran, then, scran doesn't paint a great picture, though, as a word in terms of when you're talking about lining up for food <laughs> to get yeah, your I know, scran. I know, <laughs> I know but, but I, at the time, this falls under the category of I wish I'd come up with a better name. <laughs> oh, um, no, but, no, but you've made it a good yeah. – you've made it a very um, – I think so. Yeah. I mean, you only yeah. have to look at one of your videos to go, uh, the, yeah. the name you, – you've, you've made the name – pretty yeah. and edible and delicious. <laughs> yeah, right. Even though it doesn't really sound that No, just like, a, just when you put it like that, when you put it like you're lining up for scran, it's like Yeah, right. Scran. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, that's how I came up with the name and then um once once when I was uh discharging, they kind of make you go through this really ridiculous process where you have to see a priest, you have to see a counselor. And then you have to write out a list of 10 things you're going to do when you leave. And one of them was that I was going to go to school and learn to be a cook. So I went and did that. It was one of the worst things I ever did because it was a bad school. Um, And I decided to take a three-month trip to Europe. Once I finished that year, I spent my last two weeks in Paris. And it was it's like the center of pastry and amazing food in the world or one of um and that's kind of where i fell in love with pastries and i came back worked in a bakery started the youtube channel started watching other youtubers make food videos and i kind of decided i'm going to give this a go and yeah so that's kind of how it all started but it's yeah that's the simple version yeah (laughs) A lot of stuff, yeah, yeah goes into actually getting off the ground. I mean, it's yeah, and it, and it probably you know I think there's lots of people that um, whether it be a channel like yours or just just whatever sort of YouTube channel, I think it's fairly straightforward creating this sort of gear. But something like yours, I always look at and think it's not just because there's some really successful YouTube channels uh, and the and the presenters or the you know the channel. It, it's just it's more or less people doing whatever like dumb stuff or just walking around and talking yeah. and, and vlogging and that but you've got the the um complication of creating an amazing channel with a huge following which you've done mm. but then what you're doing in the videos is really complex too so it's kind of and 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 then on top of that what you do really well and um um is make it look fantastic all the graphics all the all the colors and artwork around it so I mean, there's not one part of when I watch your channel that I think this would be easy. I think you do an amazing job at something that, yeah, must be pretty tricky. It's funny because um, I, I, you know Elise from My Cupcake Addiction. Yeah. I first met her around the time that I was starting my YouTube channel. And at the time I thought, this is this looks like so much fun. Like it would just be the coolest, most fun job to have, which it is but a lot of people don't realize and I didn't at the time how much work goes into it. Yeah. Like, especially yeah. when you're someone that doesn't work with a team, like I don't work with a team. Um, there's, it's not a job. It's not a nine to five job. It's like your head is constantly trying to think up of new ideas, new ways to engage your audience. Um, you know, people have been commenting on this platform. You need to reply to those. Mm-hmm. I need to film today. You know, there's emails to reply back to. So it's uh, like, it's a, it's a big job. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find yeah. yourself drowning a bit sometimes? Have you, have you um, got people that help you with the marketing side of things or is this still to this day still no, just you? 
so I do I do everything. I've just recently um, got a, an editor to help me with uh, some of my videos, not all of them. Um, it, it was very overwhelming at some some points. Not so much at the moment because I'm I feel like after about five and a half years, I'm starting to to master how to do this job. Um, and there are points where I was like, this is just, this is too much. Like it would be easier to just go and work for someone, but I don't think I'm suited to working for someone. Like I need to be <laughs> like creatively in control of stuff. So yeah. that being creatively in control is what keeps me going. Cause I'm able to say, Oh, Gaga just released a new album. I want to create some recipes off that. Like I can do pretty much anything I want. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah, it, it's hard at times, um, but I feel like I'm starting to get into the rhythm of things. But I do the photography, I do the videos, I used to do all the editing until recently. You know, all the social stuff. Uh, I have a fake—I don't know if I should say this—but I have a fake assistant <laughs> who does email stuff, which is actually me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, what's the like, assistant's it, name? Um, her name is Sophie. Okay. I, I don't even know where I got that name from. <laughs> Sophie is like, if Sophie stuffs up, Sophie gets blamed. Which yeah, again, good. it's actually me. So it's it's good to have someone to fall back on. <laughs> um, but, oh, that's yeah, fantastic. Like, but most creators actually do work like that though. Like most creators don't have a team. Like they're doing everything on their own. It's sometimes it's quite obvious when, and it's not a bad thing. Like I'm not ripping on people who have a team, but most people don't. And you can Mm. tell when people do. Yeah. Um, Do you think part of that is, uh, and I'm just sort of spitballing here, but creators, um, I don't know the best way to put this. Like it's, it's, you don't necessarily want a people around you want to do your thing you want to do it exactly how you want to do it yeah. but from the start to the finish too so you want to be in every single step that it takes till the final product's done do you know what i mean is yeah. that do you think that what I, might be part of it i think that that's exactly right for a lot of creators a lot of creators want to be in control from beginning to end they want yeah. to be the ones who come up with the design language for how videos are edited and how they look and they want to be the ones who are in charge of photography to make sure everything is consistent. Like for me, brand consistency is really, really important. So I have a a background in graphic design. And so I use those skills to, you know, to create the content that I do. Um, So I've always been someone who was like, no, no one's going to edit the way that I want it to be done. Um, I'm going to, edit everything myself, even if sometimes it causes me to have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> but recently I've kind of been thinking about ways to grow my brand. And I don't think it's possible to do that without allowing other people to take on some responsibilities. Yep. You can't, you can't do everything and grow. Yep. Um, you know, you can, uh, a lot of creators have all these fantastic ideas of things they want to do, like they want to do merch or they want to, you know, work with a brand or they have project ideas, but you can't deliver content every single week, really good content and do everything else as well. 
So I, I, I thought like that for a long time, but I'm starting to come around to the idea of delegating, yep. you know, certain responsibilities to well, other people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like the, you'd be putting something at risk. Like you, if you're taking away some attention to do, to, to do the next bit, something's right. going to suffer. Yep. And that's happened to me before. So um, I, I did a book a couple of years ago and I, I talked to a lot of other people who had done books and they all pretty much said the same thing. It's a lot of work, but it's really rewarding. And it was a lot of work, but it was so much work that it made my other work suffer. Mm. So I saw a drop in views, a drop in subscribers because I wasn't being consistent with my uploading because I had to focus on this book. Like yeah. creating a book, there's like a million emails back and forth, a million decisions you need to make, the photography, you know, choosing recipes. Um, so, uh, yeah, so you're, you're completely right. Like some things will suffer if you try to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so there's got to be a point where you delegate, right. as you say. Um, yeah. The channel that you've created, the brand that you've created, I should say, across yeah. social platforms, including obviously YouTube, Instagram and Facebook, is yeah. is big, big time, you know. It's um, it's an interesting one that I, and I'm really looking forward to hearing um, from you about, you know, you mentioned sort of it was about five years before you felt like you'd mastered what you were doing as a job. Where in that stretch did it become, um, was it instantly you had a following or was it a slow burn and then it hit a point that all of a sudden people jumped on from everywhere? And if so, what triggered it? So I think um, it's funny because one of the, like when I was telling you about how the Scrand Line was born, mm. I, you know, I, I started creating content but I wasn't consistent with my uploads and consistency is like really, really important because when people make the decision to subscribe, they want to know what they're going to get and how often they're going to get it. So that's kind of how things started The the uploading wasn't consistent. So the growth wasn't going to be there. So that lasted about a year and a half before I realized, okay, this is what I need to do. But even then it's not, guaranteed you're not going to take off instantly mm. there are a lot of different ways to take off or become viral but you're not in control of those moments but my my story is kind of funny because um the way it happened for me it was i went i was obsessed with looking at my subscriber growth and i would look at it a million times a day and be like yes i got two subscribers this year yes <laughs> Oh no, it's gone down three. Um, so, so what I did was I, I was looking at it. I drove to the gym. I had a workout. I came back. And I'm talking about Facebook. I came back from the gym and I had a thousand extra subscribers. And I was like, what the hell just happened? Like what's going on? And I was like, has someone shared my work? And I'm trying to find out what's going on. And in the meantime, the numbers keep going up. And I was like, what, what is going on? And it turns out that Elise shared one of my videos on her page. Right. And her subscribers flopped. <laughs> and one of the people who she was friends with was another big YouTuber 
who messaged me on Twitter and she's based in Canada. And she's like, hey, I love your work. We should do a video together. So I flew to Canada and did a video with her. And on the day that that video came out, I went up 20,000 subscribers on YouTube. Wow. And so those two things for me, uh, kind of, uh, what's the word? Collaborating with these two amazing YouTubers who I can call friends now, they're what helped me kind of project into that space. Yeah, They have so many people following them already. It's like, hey, you guys love my work, but Nick does really, really good videos as well. So that kind of helped yeah. project me. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great... Um, it's a great thing when you cuz I mean at the end of the day if you're talking about um the industry you're in is this you know you you're sort of up against each other in a way like so to yeah. to hear that you know your your peers are sharing and you're helping each other I think it's fantastic and it's a great way to yeah. it, it it's a great way to grow what you're doing without sort of being overly competitive if if that makes sense so you you well, you're promoting the, the, the food the, sorry to cut you off. The food world is actually competitive, yeah. but there are amazing people in it. I've I've had some people accuse me of copying them. <laughs> some people try to come at me for different reasons. Wow. Um, so the, it, it's really weird because at the end of the day, we're just making cakes. Like yeah. everyone is kind of calmed down. Um, but it can be like that. Yeah. But to the people that, matter to me and the people that I look up to, I've been very lucky that I've been able to collaborate or mm. even just become friends with. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Do you do you get any like do you get any sort of heat from like um is is there a segregation in say um you know digital creation and, and the videos and so forth to say people in sto- in in actual bakeries or stores that are selling product? Is there any sort of yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, is there any uh, difference um, of opinion between the two sort of, I mean, ultimately it's a food um, industry, but two different levels and two different platforms. I don't, it's, a, it's a hard one to answer that. Like, I, I don't really speak to that many people who own bakeries. There is one particular YouTuber called Cupcake Gemma who has a bakery and she has a really amazing YouTube channel mm. and her and I have become friends, but... Um, in terms of like people, cause the thing is like, when I say that I'm in the baking world, I don't really include people who have stores. I yep. talk more about people creating content online. Yep. yep. So we, I don't, I mean, more so in the last maybe 12 months, those two worlds are starting to mix. Mm. A lot of people are starting to realize like the huge benefits of, having a social media following and a store. Yeah. Um, but typically like I'm not arguing or even really speaking to people who own stores. Yeah. yeah. And I, to be honest, I don't actually go to a store to buy desserts. Why, why like, would you when you produce what, that I do. what, when you produce what you yeah. do, <laughs> you have no need to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I just don't see the point. Yeah. It's yeah. not that people aren't creating amazing desserts, but like, it's not the worlds don't really mix. Like yep. people who have stores and people who create content doesn't. Yeah, you know, don't really. Yeah. But back on just quickly to your audience again. Um, I'm interested. It's 
you have a like you obviously have a lot of engagement through messaging and comments and all this sort of thing yeah. do you have an uh, an idea of the majority of who your audience is like who you're reaching the most is it a particular demographic or is it particular people with yeah. a real passion for food or is it people who just enjoy because for me and i love your channel elisa's channel yeah. like but i yeah. i mean i'm not spending my spare time trying to make yeah. i just enjoy watching it yeah. yeah there are there are people like that so it's a funny one because for the last five years i've been creating content which i call hands-only content so it's just me showing my hands on the bench making a dessert it's not me on screen my face talking about it so there are there are a good chunk of my audience that actually just watch my content just because they want to watch it because it's fun and colorful um and then there are a good portion of people who watch it because they want to try the recipes but I've actually made a change to my style of content because I used to, for the last five years, I've been creating content where it's just my hands on screen and I'm making these over-the-top colourful desserts. But not that many people were actually trying these desserts because in, in some cases it was taking like five days to make a cake. <laughs> um, so I've, I've kind of switched over to um, doing like hosted recipe videos and rather than uploading all of my content, like my video content across all of the like Facebook, Instagram and YouTube platforms, I'm now just uploading all of my video to YouTube. So my demographics, I mean, they've pretty much stayed the same. They're mostly young females, so age 18 to 35 and mostly based in America. Okay. Um, but, but it's, it's weird because my demographics change depending on the platform. Like the Instagram followers, they just want to watch the videos. They're not really trying the recipes, yep. but the Facebook audience, I tend to be a little bit older and that's where conversation is happening about the recipes or their experiences with baking on YouTube. It's completely different again, where it's people wanting to try the recipes and watch me teach them how to make them. But it's like a mishmash of different types of people. Mm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's generally, you know, I can say that the majority of people following and watching my content are young females based yeah. in America. Well, yeah. my 10-year-old daughter's a fan. We, we watched, um, yeah. I think it was the your, your, t- your Birthday, your girl's birthday cakes video, yeah. which I know is a really popular yeah. one, and we sat there watching yeah. it actually recently again. And my yeah. son appeared, my five-year-old appeared out of nowhere, just sort of walked yeah. into the room, and just stood there looking at the TV, and went, "It's yeah. a yes from me." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, good, all right. Well, I'm not going to make that for you, mate. I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's um." Yeah, it's, that it, that one that you're talking about is a compilation video, which yes, is yeah. that that one is not me saying try these recipes. That one is me saying have fun watching this for ten minutes. Yeah, with some music uh, over the yeah. top, and yeah, 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 exactly. Certainly, um, certainly so, entertaining. Yeah, thanks. Um, I, I, watching them too makes me wonder what takes longer, creating the actual cake, or the or what you're creating, or the actual. <laughs> video and photo shoots because the photos and the and the and the shots 
that you watch are amazing. And it looks yeah. like that could be potentially a longer process than the actual creation. <laughs> it really depends because, again, like I've, I've moved away from doing the over-the-top stuff, but when I was doing over-the-top cakes, and when I say over-the-top, I mean I would come up with an idea based off a song I heard or a lyric or a colour or artwork or whatever, and I would I'd try and create something really over-the-top and visually exciting mm. and colourful. Um, some of those cakes, for example, or even cupcakes would take, like, I think one of them took about two weeks to film. Wow. Yeah. Because you need to make sure that when you're making an instruction, like an instructive video, that you're making it simple and clear enough to actually follow. Mm. Um, and sometimes that's easy and sometimes it's hard because in some of those recipes, like, there were maybe six or seven different recipes to create that one cake. Mm. So you need to think about like, how do I communicate these different things, like these different (laughs) steps and creating a cake that looks like the ocean where there's like a clear blue jelly for the ocean. Like you need to think about timing. Like, you know, when do I do that so that I can film the next part without Mm. everything falling to pieces? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so some of them, some of them were taking like two weeks to create and, <laughs> and uh, like not filming stuff is so, like not filming a recipe is so much easier to make um, <laughs> than actually filming it. And then the editing process, again, like if you're making a video that takes two weeks to film, it's going to take a long time to edit, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's simple recipes and it doesn't really take a long time. but. Mm. You know, and then I go through these phases where I'm like, I really, really enjoy just doing the recipe and the filming and I hate the editing or, yes, I get to sit down and edit for a couple hours. I don't want to be in the kitchen today. So, <laughs> you know, some, it yeah. really depends on the day and my mood. But, um, yeah. I wanted to ask. At the ask, moment, I'm really enjoying editing. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> it makes yeah. it better if you're enjoying <laughs> it. Uh, I wanted to yeah. ask, you just mentioned before inspiration and and, and I've yeah. read on your website that you take inspiration from things like songs that you mentioned, colours, yeah. something you've watched on TV. Yeah. That for me is really interesting um, and, and maybe it might be hard to, to sort of decipher but that, that, I mean, is just an amazing creative sort of mind that can just take something that's um, you know, just some audio and and use that in your in your brain to then create something yeah. as far as a cake goes. How how does that yeah. transition happen? Because that's incredible. Um, I think I'm someone that does things like I I'd say I'm more of an emotional thinker and kind of person. So music is something that. I, I listen to music every day. I, I'll listen to it when I'm working out or when I'm filming. And so music, like music gets me into a certain mood and emotion. And if I'm listening to like a pop queen, like Gaga or Ariana Grande, I'm feeling like sassy and I'm feeling kind <laughs> of like energetic and fun. Um, and so, for example, like there was a cake that I made for Valentine's Day this year. And typically in the baking world, you're seeing a lot of like red, you're seeing a lot of love hearts, which is great. But I decided to make something that was like kind of an FU to all of that stuff. (laughs) And so there's a song um, by Nicki Minaj called By Heart. 
And um, one of the lyrics is, does anybody want to buy a heart? And it's actually the first song of hers that I heard that I loved. I, I used to not like her. Um, <laughs> but I thought this, this would be like, this is like a really cool idea for a cake. Like I could create like a chocolate hand holding a heart that's like oozing like pink blood or something. <laughs> and sometimes I think, I think like visually, how would that look? Like it could almost look like a sculpture, like an art installation or something. So I, I researched um, how to carve hands out of chocolate and it didn't exist on the internet. So <laughs> I started watching old men carving hands out of clay. And so I, I learned how to carve the hand out of chocolate that way. And I was like, this looks really, really cool. Um, so I, I created the heart and it was, the hand was holding the heart, it had the blink, the, the pink blood dripping. And it was kind of like, I, I said, after I photographed it, I sent it to my mom and a couple other people and like, they looked, they said, this looks a lot like a Halloween cake. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome because <laughs> this is kind of like, it's kind of almost like not a political statement, but kind of like, a. um, Here's something different for like for yeah. Valentine's Day. Yeah. It's not another red love heart. This yeah. year. You know, it's something completely different. Most people aren't going to make it, but people will have fun watching it. Yeah. And so that's that's how that cake came about. That's brilliant. Um, and that's how I do a lot of I, I used to do a lot of my over the top stuff. Um yeah. Is it visual? Is, does it come into your mind, then you visualize it and then worry about how you can actually do it in as far as a cake goes? Like you said. You know, finding yeah. out how to carve a chocolate hand, for example. Um, yeah. You, you, do you are you confident that whatever you come up with in your mind, you can recreate it in a cake form? I think, from experience, most of the time, yes. Like I think about an idea, and I'll start researching to see if anyone else has done it and how they've done it, and try to come up with a different way or an easier way of doing something. Um, but then other times, I mean, for example, there's a, there's a cupcake that I made, um, called a mint choc chip freak shake cupcake. And usually I'll sketch down an idea just so that I can visualize Mm. like the colors and the different textures and maybe the different materials I'll need to use. But for this particular cupcake, it looked great in the sketch, but when I came to actually making it, it was a disaster. Like it looked horrible. (laughs) And so that, you know, I, I kind of turned the cameras off and I, I'm like, okay, how do I do this? You know, because right now it looks horrible and it, it needs to look way better than what it looks. Um, so I would muck around with like shapes and I finally came up with a design I really loved and then turned the camera back on and filmed it. And it was one of the most popular cupcakes I've ever made. But more often, like more often than not, I'll be, I'll visualize something, I'll sketch it down and it comes out the way I imagined it. Mm. Um, yeah. That's good. That's, yeah, that's so a more, talent. More often than not, it does. <laughs> yeah. It comes, yeah. comes out of my head and on, onto in cake form. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a, yeah. Good. Um, <laughs> yeah. As, as far as you go, uh, yeah. you, you as a, as a human um, and, and yeah. we've only sort of, known each other for a short time and spoken a few times yeah. and you just come across as yeah. a great person. What is this satisfaction level of doing this for you? Like is this something that's 
your life to the point of like, are you seeing this now as a as a as a career, and it's obviously um, a, a really good one, or do you find yourself wanting more? Are you still like driven to take the next step, and 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 like, how do you how do you tackle that? Um, I didn't really feel like this was a career up until maybe two years ago, and until I realized I could actually make a living off it. Um, but in terms of like always wanting more, I always want more than I have, but not, not that I want to, it's that I want to continue growing. Like I want to continue trying new things because one of the worst things you can do as a creator is just stay static doing the same thing. Like Mm. it works for a while and then it just doesn't one day. So I, I have ideas of things I want to do in the future. Um, and then, yeah, so I, I'm always on the hunt to find out how I can continue growing, like personally and how I can keep my audience engaged, how I can keep them interested, what are the new things I can start doing. So, like, again, I, I used to do all the over-the-top cakes and cupcakes and that's what i've become really well known for Mm. and now i'm kind of in a phase where i'm like i i feel like i've done enough of that like i had i had ideas for the next six months to continue doing all that over the top visually exciting colorful stuff but i want to start doing like not necessarily boring recipes but like home baked simple recipes yeah and so i just decided a couple months ago that I was going to stop all the, you know, the over the top stuff and start moving into this. And for me, like what's really, really important is to just not think about your audience and what they're going to think or how they're going to adjust to a change or an idea, Mm. but like also about yourself because doing, doing this creative stuff, like it can drain you Mm. like physically, emotionally, creatively, if you're just, uh, creating content for an algorithm or for the sake of it or an audience and you're afraid of what they're going to think. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that most people are afraid of change and I'm one of those people, but, um, I, I, I think sometimes it's good to take a risk and then, yeah, yeah I agree. Like, I agree. I think the, there's fear around changing because especially if you're in the middle of something that's really working, like, like you are, yeah. But yeah. then to for you to say that you you've even though you've got a plan for basically that'll cover you for another six months or something, I'm going to yeah. change it up. I feel like that's a that takes courage, but it also is something that um, yeah, like I think there's a the vast majority of of people that are on to a winner would wouldn't steer yeah. away because in their eyes, why would they? But when you think about um, even you know the the sort of messaging around if you're not growing you're you're not going anywhere well even though you might be on this slow um incline but you're doing the same thing yeah to to take a sidestep and and tackle something else could be a really um huge thing for you and your and your business but it's also yeah that 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 courage to do that i think it's a great a great thing you you also need to think about like the future as well. Like you need mm. to think about where are things headed. You can't just think about what's happening right now. And you also need to think about the bigger picture. Like is what I'm doing actually serving myself in five years time? 
for me, the answer was no, because I was creating a lot of content that was really fun and easy to consume in the moment. Yeah. But am I creating a large library of recipes that people are going to come back to in five years that's evergreen? No. So that's kind of what spurred on wanting to make a change for me. Like I want to start focusing on creating a library of content that's evergreen that people can come back to. And in terms of the long run, that serves me better than just creating content that someone's going to scroll through their Instagram feed, watch, and then never come back to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How critical are you of yourself? Do you watch your videos back instantly and critique yourself or do you um, upload them then not look at them for a while because you don't want to, you know, critique yourself too hard? What sort of self-critic are you? I do. I do critique myself. Sometimes, sometimes people will will say that I, I critique myself too harshly. Like when I was creating this new style content, I was obsessing over the lighting and I had a whole bunch of people I spoke to saying, Nick, like, he looks great. Just focus on the content. <laughs> um, but like, you know, the older content I would look at, I would critique myself. Um, I, I do critique myself because I think that I've got that. Uh, I, I, I did that back in my graphic design days. Like yep. you have to kind of, you know, you, I don't think I do it in a harmful way towards myself, but I feel like it's necessary to look at what you're doing, critique yourself. Otherwise, like what person is confident in every single thing they do? Like mm. that's just ridiculous. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. But I, know, I think yeah. there's some people like um, a friend of mine who's been on TV for 20 years or something will, will rarely watch anything he does back just because it's, it's like he's, yeah. I think his attitude is it's done. Um, I'm I'm yeah. constantly growing and learning just by doing it, but there's no need for me to. And he doesn't feel comfortable about watching himself. And I get that too. Like with any th- sort of yeah. thing like that, I've done. I'm not yeah. overly keen to watch myself back. But it's yeah. I mean, there's an element of have a listen, like in podcasts or voiceover or whatever. Have a listen and yeah. and, and, and learn from it, but also don't get hung up on it. <laughs> it's done. Yeah, it's but out that, there. <laughs> that friend, that friend Luke, he's not editing himself, so he's not editing his videos. When you're editing your videos, you're watching yourself 20 times. Yeah. <laughs> so whether you want to or not, you're you're watching it back and you're critiquing. <laughs> well, I mean, editing yeah. is critiquing, isn't it? Because you're cutting out the bits yeah. that you don't want. <laughs> exactly. And boy, do I cut out a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. – um, yeah, it's always an interesting one. I mean, you yeah. must be fairly comfortable now with seeing yourself – on YouTube. I think and- like, I think seeing myself, I'm okay. Like listening to my voice. I think a lot of people don't like listening to their recorded voice. Mm. And I was like that in the beginning. I was like, like I, I sound horrible. Like my voice sounds horrible because you don't really hear yourself when you're talking you're just talking. Yeah. But when you're hearing <laughs> it back on something that's recorded, you're like, is that what I sound like? Yeah. Like that took a little while for me to get past when I um, first started doing voiceover stuff, the coach I had, I, I was, I, I, I really struggled listening to myself back. And the coach that I had was like, you got to learn to listen to yourself back yeah. and you, you, that you have yeah, to, because right. if you yeah. can't hear yeah. yourself, you're, you know, the people that are paying for you to, you know, promote something up, yeah. they're not going to want to listen to you either. So it's a yeah, sort exactly. of push past that barrier of, of sort of being awkward about hearing myself do a, 
a voice yeah. spot or something, you just sort of embrace it and say, yep, you know, that's here it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I kind of learned to do. Like for me, I, I, I think I have a weird voice, but then, you know, it's a little bit more distinct than other people's voices. Some people just sound like every other person. Mm. Um, there's oh. an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond where um, he says that he sounds like a dead cow <laughs> because he has a similar voice to me. So that's what I say about myself. Um, anyway, so I, I I got past that a little while ago, so I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. To myself. <laughs> Good. Hey, um, one of the one of the things that you take on with with having it such a such a big audience is. Um, and I've enjoyed on your Instagram stories seeing some of the, the emails that you get from what are they called? Yeah. What are they? What are these people called? Like they're just oh, they're they're just I don't know what to call them, but there's these people that send emails asking to work with creators. Yeah, and then in that email they ask you to apply to work with them, and it, it's so <laughs> ridiculous because it's like you are you emailed me. I didn't I didn't email you. I don't know who you are. The, like. Yeah. Why, why are you emailing me and telling me that you want me to apply to work with you? It it almost looks like spam, doesn't it? Like when you when the thing that you've the things that you've posted are kind of you know, the fonts are all different. It's like they've just sort of it's yeah. this pieced together yeah. weird letter and then but the best part about um what you do is that you respond yeah. to them. Reply back to them, yeah. <laughs> and that's fantastic. I that- think I think you're right. I think it is it's kind of like spam because I think what's happening is these people are working with some sort of agency mm. and what they're doing is they're emailing creators in mass, like they're copying and pasting. They don't even address your name. Like yeah. they don't know who you are or what you do. <laughs> so I don't know how they're finding these people that they're emailing, but the first red flag for me, when I don't see someone use my name yep. in an email I know what's happening. So yep. what these people are doing, they're, they're collecting creators, adding them to some sort of bank mm. and then saying to a brand, we have a thousand creators. Nick from the Scram Line does this in the food space. You know, so-and-so does this in the food space. Pick which one you want. And it's like one of the worst ways to be treated as a creator because mm. the thing is like for me, and a lot of other creators who have been doing this as long as I haven't, a lot of people a lot longer, you know what it's like to work with a good brand. So I know what it's like to be treated well mm. and I know what not being treated well is like. So yeah. when they're emailing in that manner and they're saying apply, like press the apply now button, yeah, um, that's my cue to say perfect. Here's my response. So, <laughs> so off. So they'll say to me, "This is this is the project. This is what you're going to be paid for. Um, this is how much you're going to be paid, and this is what we want you to post." When you're working with a brand, the first thing you want is a written agreement. Mm. I'm not posting anything until I know <laughs> what it is you want in writing and how much I'm going to be paid. Yeah. Um. So it's kind of it's like really, it, they're really arrogant emails mm. and I think they're aimed towards people who don't know any better or are desperate to work with a brand. Yeah, and they get, they would get those people. I, I would assume there'd they be do. people that would yeah. click the... It, I mean, it, you know... 
Yeah. Why why are people still sending Nigerian prince emails because they're working? That's the thing. I was going to say that that yeah. I sort of liken what you've shared in those emails to some of those emails you get about yeah. just give us your bank details. You've just been um yeah. you know, you've just you're going to have 20 million put into your account tonight and it's like it's surely when, no one's clicking those links and saying here, here's all my da-. surely, but they must. Yeah. They must if they yeah. So I I think like when and I get those emails um, from people saying, you know, apply now or apply here. I my my frame of thinking is great. I'm going to reply with an email that is as ridiculous as what <laughs> they've just sent to me. So I'll I'll tell them that I'm really excited to let them know that I'm working on a project that I would love for them to apply for. And that these are the requirements. So I'll write down really ridiculous things like <laughs> you need to come up with these different potions from the Harry Potter books. Um, you need to sign over your life rights. You, know, you need to do all these things before we can work with you. And then even when you do those things, here's some additional things you need to do. <laughs> and, and it's my way of saying, you know, what you're doing is ridiculous. So, yeah. yeah. But I never get a response from them. I was going to ask, do you I mean, ever get a reply? It's one of the best ways. It's one of the best <laughs> ways to get off their email list. Um, because if you're yeah, emailing back a ridiculous email, they're like, no, we're not emailing him again. Yeah. It, yeah. It, there must be a database, as you said. And, I think so. But, it, you know, it's almost computer generated. It's weird. But it, there's a comedian, and I cannot think of his name, um, who is he a British guy? I think he's a British guy who responds yeah, yeah, to all I know the. Who you're talking about. It's brilliant. I can't remember his name. Yeah, and but he plays pranks on these. people. It's amazing, and they keep yeah, replying. So that's the. I think that's the most enjoyable thing. They they keep responding, almost yeah. believing what he's saying, and it's it's fascinating. Yeah, so he's he turns it around on them. Yeah. and strings them along. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's hilarious until they give up and they're like, you're not worth my time. Yeah, that's right. And they crack yeah. the shits with him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Which it's is hilarious. quite bizarre. So I'd love I'd love for him to respond to one of your replies. I'd be keen to hear what that is. But you're right. I think for the yeah. most part, they're probably going, oh, he's, yeah, he's got a point. He's not stupid enough to reply. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nick, you have got a lot of great stuff happening and I'm sure there's going to be a whole lot of awesome stuff coming up. Uh, looking forward to this new direction you're talking about. Um, people, um, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of people already following you, but if people are listening to this that aren't familiar, the Scran line is the brand across all the major platforms and yeah. um, get on and follow and find yeah. some fun stuff. There's so much enjoyable content on there, Nick, and uh, we, we look forward, I look forward to checking out more of it. And, um, you know, I am disappointed that we – that I, we weren't able to do this face to face because I was kind of hoping if we did it, there might be some yeah. sort of you know goodie bag when I arrived at your house or you came uh, to the well, studio. I did. <laughs> well, I did post. I did post on Instagram the other day that if you know me personally, then after this pandemic is over, you're free to <laughs> do a drive by pickup of desserts. So wow! Once once the twenty five kilometers is lifted, you you have access to that. Well, that's uh, that's yeah. just made my year. Yeah. It's a yeah. it's a it's a tough year, but that's just that's just made everything okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Nick, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Um, it's sure. been so great to talk to you, and um, I can't wait to yeah actually catch up in person once all this is done, yes. and look forward to yeah. seeing more of what you do, mate. Awesome. Thanks so much, Nick. It was really fun chatting. No worries.